Well, I, I, I didn't say it before, but welcome to all of you here in person and certainly all of you online. I uh, got several nice uh, messages last this past week, one via email, one in person. Uh, someone who I was quite surprised had listened to our worship experience last Sunday and uh, in preparation for coming here for another kind of meeting altogether. And it was like, oh, well, yeah, okay. So um, welcome. We delight in having you uh, with us in person or online. So I was thinking about this. Where do I begin this 13th sermon in a sermon series the last in that series, and it occurred to me this morning while I was sitting in my chair, and I, uh, I have this dog, uh, we have this dog in my family, whose name is Reedy, and Reedy is neurotic and sometimes apparently psychotic and just, uh, I, I don't know what drugs she does when I'm not there, but something is going on with the dog. Uh, so, but whenever I'm around, I don't know that she does this with everybody, but whenever I'm around, as soon as she hears me close a book, and it's not like, sometimes I try to close it really quietly because I'm trying not to draw her attention. So I close the book or I set down a pen, Reedy hops up out of her bed, stretches, and comes over and sits in front of me uh, because she needs attention or would like attention or perhaps she's trying to draw me back to attention. Now imagine with me from a different perspective this morning that God in eternity is sitting out there watching me sit in my chair somewhat distracted in a book or somewhere other than here right now and God says James you be James and I'll be God and about that time I set the book down and my mind starts to wonder he stirs up reading God stirs up Reedy, and Reedy comes over to me and attracts my attention and brings me back to the moment. Because Reedy doesn't want anything from me but to be petted. She just wants to be loved. And that's the same way that God needs to amb ambush each one of us. Because in our guarded moments, we're unprepared for God to show up. But when the guard drops, suddenly, boom, there is God. And I realized this morning that when Reedy came over to be petted, and I was still fretting over how the whole sermon was coming together, I was like, I really don't have time for this. And then I said, I really don't have time to not do this, because perhaps God is just trying to draw my attention to the moment. And I miss those moments. I miss those moments because I'm not awake. I'm not in the moment. Um, I want to share with you a passage. Uh, this is sort of a transitional sermon. Uh, that is, it's the end of a series. I want to bring together what we've learned together in the 12 steps, but I also want to take a step into, because in traditional Christian parlance, this coming week is Holy Week. It's the preparation for next Sunday, Easter. We, you know, uh, that last song that uh, Megan and James sang for us, Hosanna in the Highest, that is an homage, it, to me it was, an homage to Palm Sunday when uh, Jesus came in on a donkey into uh, Jerusalem and uh, they were waving palm branches and saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the Highest. 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And so when I heard that song, it just reminded me of that moment. And oftentimes for us, we go from high to high. We go from Palm Sunday, woo, Jesus is here, to Easter, woo, Jesus is risen. And this week on Good Friday, we're going to hit that death moment hard uh, because I think that we try to avoid it like the plague in a variety of ways. But as a way of sort of transitioning out and into this coming week, I wanted to share this passage with you, and it's helpful if you turn to the correct page in the Bible. Uh, I know, and I did. Thank you very much. Um, this is in Mark chapter 14. Uh, Jesus has just had the Last Supper and uh, with the disciples, and now they've gone out to the Garden of Gethsemane um, for Jesus to pray. Um, Jesus and his disciples came to a place called Gethsemane. This is in verse 32 and following. Jesus said to them, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him. He began to feel despair and was anxious. He said to them, I'm very sad. It's as if I'm dying. Stay here and keep alert. Jumping ahead to verse 37. He came them and found them sleeping. He said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Couldn't you stay alert for one hour? Stay alert and pray so that you won't give in to temptation. The spirit is eager, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is eager, but the flesh is weak. Stay alert, keep awake. This isn't the only time Jesus has ever said that, although he has to say it three times to his disciples. His closest disciples. We're not talking about all 12. He's taken the three closest ones to him and he keeps addressing himself to Peter, maybe his best friend. Peter, even you can't keep awake with me? And I want you to hear this at what I think is a deeper level. It's not just about physically keeping your eyes open. You know, because when somebody tells you you've got to stay awake, like physically awake, that's the moment when... I don't know, the eyelids just start to get heavy. we got to stay up. You know, it's like watching the UVA game on Monday night. It just goes on and on. And How long is this? Is it going to go, what, you know, 11.30, 11.45? No, 11.30. You know, it's like way past bedtimes, way past. Don't you know when the game be finished at like 8.30? doesn't work like that. doesn't work like that. So... Keeping awake is one of the hardest things. Keep your eyelids up. But imagine that what Jesus is saying to his disciples is not about awakeness, not about a physical awakeness, but it's about being present in this moment. Be alert. Be alert to what's happening. Be alert to what's happening in you. Be alert to what's happening in me. As it rises up, catch it as it's happening. Catch it as it's happening and then let it go. Catch it. But you see... We live in a world and in a time when staying in the moment, when catching what's going on is virtually impossible for us because we're already on to the next thing. Example, case in point. Now, maybe you're, not, maybe you're not like this, and I hope that none of you are. Maybe it's just me. But when I'm having a conversation with someone, I have to pay very close attention to being with them in that moment. Because if I don't, what happens is I'm listening to them 
with an intent to reply. What are you saying that I can say something back to? What are you saying that makes me jump in? What is, what, you know, so I can cut you off because then I've got, my ego's got something to say to you that's so wise, that's so bright. And for me, keeping alert in those moments is saying, okay, I see this rising in me. I'm letting it go because I just need to listen to you. Just be present. Just be alert in this moment. So whatever you need to say can be said. And once you've had your say, if I have something to respond with, then fine. But I've missed what you said if I'm thinking only, what will I say back? What will I say back? What will I say back? What word of hope can I offer? What word of joy? How can I divert them from their own pain or struggle or whatever it is? Why is their pain and struggle causing me so much pain and struggle that I want to jump out of the conversation in some way? I'm alert to those things. I think I'm better at being present in conversations now than I ever have been in my life. It only took me 56 years. Hopefully you all could rush that process along for you all so you don't have to wait till you're an ancient guy, you know, uh, barely, uh, you know, not decrepit, you know, kind of, uh, you know, practice it now. Jesus says, keep alert. You know, when I titled this sermon, I almost entitled it, What Next? But instead, I titled it, What Now? And I didn't realize the implication of that word, now instead of next. Because next is taking me out of this moment. But now is now. And now is now. And now is now. And in each one of those nows, am I really here? Am I really with you? This style of talking to you that I do on a Sunday morning is all about 20 or 30 hours of preparation with my journal, reading the Bible, reading other sources and other kinds of things, and then coming to this event live. I have some idea of where I'm going. There's an outline in my mind of where I hope to get. Sometimes I chase a few squirrels. Uh, I found the squirrel. It's hidden over here. I don't know what happened, that the squirrel... Uh, Someone hid the squirrel from me, so now I have a squirrel, and see, chasing a squirrel as I am in this moment. But I come to you live on a Sunday morning, and it, it, most Sundays it, 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 uh, it's calm until I actually, like, 30 seconds before it comes, I think to myself, James, can you sing like six more songs, and then I'll have to look at my watch and say, oh, no time for the sermon today. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> Dodge that bullet. About 30 seconds before when he nods to me. And I know it's my time. <laughs> then all this stuff rises up in me. This fear, this desire to run away. What can I say? What can I do? What can I do to avoid these moments? And then I walk down those stairs. Or sometimes if I'm sitting here, I stand up. And I come to this place. And I just say, whatever, whatever's on my mind, whatever's rising in the moment, whatever, based on my outline, what story. Uh, now, I, I, I don't want you to think it's just a random conversation. I've spent a week preparing, but I want to be in this moment so that when you look at me with perplexed looks, as sometimes you are wont to do in the middle of my sermon, I realize 
I don't know what I'm saying, but it is not connecting with those folks out there. <laughs> they are not hearing me. I need to get back into some other direction, change. I want to be present with you in this moment, what rises. And hopefully in these moments, things are rising for you. Yeah, I do that thing. I listen in conversations just waiting for that moment when I can interrupt and interject what I've been thinking because it's so on top of my, my thoughts are so good. You just, that, well, that's why you're talking to me, isn't it? Because my thoughts are so good. Maybe you're talking to me because you just need to be heard. And maybe God has given me an opportunity to be present. And whatever you say to me may also bring healing to me. Because I realize what I'm afraid of as I'm sitting with someone who's telling me how afraid they are of death. And the reason I changed the subject is because of my own fear of death. It's not a comfortable topic. Let's just be honest with each other. It's, we, we don't know what's through that door. Oh, we got the promise of Christianity. It's this beautiful door and there's golden gates, uh, pearly gates and golden streets and whatever. You know, that doesn't sound all that attractive to me to be quite frank with you. Eternity hanging out with God? Now that is totally cool to me. Totally cool. Where I don't have to pretend to be somebody else to pretend to be somebody who's got the answers when I no longer have any fear. When I no longer have any fear. How many things are we not paying attention to ourselves about that our response is born out of fear? And that fear brings up a former pain, which leads to anger. Have you ever found yourself snapping at somebody over something totally stupid? Where did that come from? Where did that come from? Where was that in you? You see, if you're alert in the moment, if you're aware, then maybe you catch it. And maybe instead of following the trigger, boom, 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 I'm going to unload on whoever happens to be there. In that moment, I short-circuit the trigger. And I don't respond. I let it go. I let it go. Jesus is asking his three closest disciples, Peter, James, and John, to be there with him. Not to ask a bunch of questions. Not to have a bunch of answers. Not to pull out their swords when the, uh, uh, when the uh, guys come to arrest him. But just to be there. When I first got married to Linda, uh, this was a long time ago, she was very young. She was a child bride. I was ancient. Um, but, um, you know, when I, she was, you know, she would come home and she would tell me what, what had gone on in her day, what was up. And I would look to fix what was going on. It's, it's, I, I don't know if it's men that are wired this way or people that are wired. It's probably men. But let's just, I'm just going to broaden it a little bit. It's, it, let's just assume that it's people. Some people are wired this way that they want to fix things. And what Linda needed me to do was hear her. Well, now 27 years later, I'm a slightly better husband because I now hear her. Sometimes I still try to fix things, but 27 years has taught me there are times when I need to fix things. Like when she comes in and she says, Dad, gone it, the front porch light is out again. 
Okay, I can fix that, you know. Let me go get a light bulb and go out there and screw it in there and find out, oh, my gosh, it's not the light bulb. It's the fixture itself. Okay, I'm going to run to Home Depot. See you later. Go get a new fixture. Come and install it. Make sure I have my wire nuts tight. Check everything. Turn it off. Turn it on. It comes back on. I have fixed the problem. The world is better. But most of the time, it's not about fixing the problem. Most of the time, it's just being present with the other person. And you see... If you're not here, if you're not now, if you're not physically in this moment, physically, mentally, spiritually in this moment, if you're already planning for your day, you've already moved ahead, then you miss the presence that you might experience right now. You miss it. How can you get it if you're already thinking about what's happening later on? If you're already thinking, I wonder what his Good Friday sermon's about. It's going to be about death. I don't, I'm definitely not coming to that. That doesn't sound good. You know, and that's, what you're, that's where you are. Good Friday at 7 o'clock in this space. Death. I'm telling you now. I'm warning you. Don't come if you don't want to hear about it. You know, um, and not just physical death, but we'll talk about that on Friday. So can you be here? Can you be here on Sunday morning when you come? And You know, if you get here at 11 o'clock, great. If you get here at 11.05, great. If you get here at quarter to 11, that's great too. Ha, you know, have some popcorn, be where you are. If you can't quite make it, grab a cup of coffee, sit down in front of your computer screen, watch it online uh, if you want to. If you're not up for it on Sunday morning, if you had that kind of a Saturday night where, you know, it's like 1 o'clock in the afternoon when you're waking up, you know, I, no judgment here. No judgment here. If I could sleep till 1 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, believe me, I do. Some of you think I'm probably sleeping right now. It's like, are you going to wake up? Uh, but, you know, the truth of all that whole story is you can watch a rerun. You know, you can watch a rerun. The presence of God is in every moment. Sometimes we try to live in the past highs that we've had. Oh, remember that mountaintop experience? Well, it's nice to have those touchstones in your life, but it's not that moment now. It's this moment. And in this moment, if you could just learn to be present, you might be surprised when Reedy comes up and wants to be petted. That it's really God who stirred her up to bring you back to the moment. I want to have to be a little less judgmental and send her back to, go back to your bed. I didn't call you. Get over there. And she always, it's inconvenient when the dog comes to me. And sometimes... She only does this with me. She thinks she's a lap dog. She is 50 pounds. She is not a lap dog. If I'm sitting in my chair, the dog just comes over and gets in. What is the dog thinking? Get out. Go to your bed when I come home. And she only does this to me most of the time. It started with me. Now it's everybody else in the house. She comes in. She's like, pet me, James. Pet me. Pet me. I'm ignoring you. I'm ignoring you. Watch the hand. And she follows me. Where are you going, James? Where are you going? Come on. Stop. Stop. See me? See me? See, see me? See me? All right. Maybe now. Maybe now I'm going to say, whoops. I mentioned you in a sermon. You were a whole illustration, Reedy. Reedy's like, that sounds good. You're talking to my, you're saying my name. I don't know anything else you say, but, you know, except walk. Say that word or spell that word. The dog has already got her collar on at the front door. So, reedy and walk. That's it. Or bed. If I say bed, she knows. 
That's the James tone. I'm supposed to be over there somewhere. So, but can we learn to be present in the moment? The next time your cat irritates you and jumps in your lap when you don't want it, when your dog chases you around, when you look at the phone and you see on caller ID that it's a friend you haven't talked to recently and you just don't feel like you have the time to talk to him right now, maybe pick up the phone anyway. Practice the presence in that moment. A wonderful writer in the 18th century, Jean-Pierre de Cussade, French guy, uh, priest, uh, talked about, wrote a book about the practice of the presence, and he talked about every moment is a sacrament, because every moment is a place you can meet God. You can meet God in communion, you can meet God in prayer, you can meet God on a walk, listening to a bird, falling asleep to the sound of frogs chirping out your window. All those things are places you can meet God if you're willing to be there. Practice this week being alert. Keep awake, keep alert. And when you ask the question, what now? What now? Yeah, what now? Not what next week, but what now? Well, that's what I felt like drew together what we've been practicing for 12 weeks. Recognizing our own stinking thinking, letting it go. Uh, recognizing we can't do this by ourselves, that we need someone, something bigger than we are to help us through. And ultimately, surrendering to that something, someone bigger than we are. That's what the 12 steps ultimately are. And the only way you ever surrender is if you get past your own stuff, which requires keeping alert. So keep awake this week. Keep awake. Stay alert. Because you're